All right. Good morning. Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living. Anybody here for the first time? Well, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. So we have a bit of a ritual, and then we'll get into a, a sharing. And the sound of the gong. I'm I'm uh, Dr. Patrick Cameron, and uh, the spiritual director here. I'm going to sound the gong and invite you to just drop into your heart, your heart space. So what's helpful with that is if you think of something you're grateful for, because the thought is one thing and a feeling is another. And so the feeling is where it's at. So the sound the gong, 30 seconds of silence. I will sing a chant in this very room. If you know it, you're welcome to sing along with me. And then we'll, uh, offer, I'll offer a prayer on behalf of our gathering today, and we'll get into our, our lesson. So here we go. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very So know this with me. And I invite you to allow my words to be your words. If they're not a good fit, just let them wash over you. Don't give them any more energy than is required. But what I affirm and know in this moment, there's one life, one activity, one mind. It is a, it is a loving intelligence, a loving intelligence that sustains each and every one of us because that life is our life. And so what I affirm and know in this moment is that each one of us receives the blessings, the, de- the delight, the awe, the wonder, the awareness, the courage, the energy, the joy, the resources, the love, the wisdom, whatever it may be in this moment of time, this loving intelligence knows. And so to partner with that in this moment, which is a opening and a welcoming. And so let us join together in our hearts, connecting as the power of eight has so beautifully illustrated the, the, the multiplication of creativity and joy and healing and transformation that takes place as we partner with one another. And to be reminded of who we've come here to be, to fulfill that and so much more. That we have bo- we're born at this point in time, this beautiful point in time, where so much is falling apart. 
so, so much can come together in a new way. So we are here about the transformation of our lives, supporting one another, and blessing this planet with our most brilliant wisdom and capacity to create and to love, to transform, to forgive, to bless, and to move forward. So in great gratitude and appreciation, I release these words knowing everything that we are holding in our hearts right now that is of the highest order is being supported. And anything that is unlike that in this moment that we choose to dissolve is being dissolved. This is our opportunity. For this I give thanks and invite you to say with me. And so it is. Let some folks get settled here before we get into our lesson. So I'm going to do a little bit of a review. A couple weeks ago I did the... Um, I talked about Tier 1 uh, Paradigm, which is based on the work of Claire Graves and Spiral Dynamics. And one of the reasons that uh, I pulled that up is because part of what we're doing here with the mission-centric um, ministry that, that, that we're shifting into is based on his research. It was picked up by uh, Don Beck and Christopher Gowan, and they actually created a thing called Spiral Dynamics based on Claire's work. So it's quite a, a fascinating journey, and really what it is is it's, a, it's one way of measuring our evolution in consciousness. It's a, I'll explain a bit with my slideshow here. I've got uh, more details of that. So I want to get back into that, but first I want to do my cue card for you, which is part of this quantum experience. And so what I would like to invite you to do with me here is please have compassion for me when I show up on my shadow card, which are the things that I don't uh, like about myself or that I don't want to live from. The shadow card qualities that I've identified are when I show up feeling flawed, living in lack, feeling stupid, alone, self-centered, and fearful. Because this is who I've come here to be, the cue card, which means quantum, which means qualities. So the qualities that I'm going to share with you right now are the things that that I have identified that are near and dear to me, that are the, the reason why I've, I'm here, who I've come here to be. So this is here, who I've come here to be. Brilliant, creative, generous, whole, to live in wholeness, love, and freedom. So will you support me in that? Thank you. We did a cue card. Carol Secor did a cue card uh, training yesterday for folks. The cue card is, is an ongoing process. It's a way, it becomes a way of life. So if you took it and you found out that there's more work to do after you took it, that's the point of it. It takes practice. Dr. Holmes talked about that over and over again. He's our founder. It takes practice. So I want to talk about our evolving paradigm part two today. And Dr. Holmes said this. I was reminded this week with one of a beautiful little angel of God's presence. Someone said to me, you know, I've been listening to Dr. Holmes' radio broadcast. You can go online and find his radio broadcast. He began every uh, discussion with these words. There's a power for good in the universe available to everyone, and you can use it. And I thought, how about that? Because the first gift I got as a minister was a plaque that says the very same thing, and it hangs on my wall in my, in my office. And part of the challenge is, is that sometimes we look at things so often that we forget that we've, we actually have them. So I thought I'd bring it with you and show you as a gift from my dear friend, Reverend Maureen Hoyt in Southern California, probably my dearest friend in ministry. She's just been a lovely lady. Uh, early on in the game when I thought, man, this isn't for me. This is just craziness. And uh, she'd say, oh, hang in there. Hang in there. So without people like that in our lives, it's, it's very easy to just simply give up. 
So this idea of spiral dynamics is really, um, it's just a system, and, I, and, and bear with me, this is not a, to, to put pigeonhole people, this is not a typing system. This is just to give us a perspective of how cultural shifts take place. And it's, uh, the illustration of it is the, the spiral. It's how consciousness has uh, evolved. So it's, it's based on the biological, the social, and the psychological. It tracks cultural development and patterns of growth. So you've got the bio, the psycho, and the social all coming together. And there's the guy's names, Claire Graves. He was a professor at Schenectady, New York. His undergrad students asked him, which, which system of psychology is right? Because all of them had things that worked and all things that didn't work. And so he started doing research. And he came up with this emergent philosophy. And then um, Don Beck and Christopher Cowan took it and developed this idea of spiral dynamics. So what happens with this is the, spiral, the, um, the cultural development is also mirrored in our individual development. So what's going on on the wholesale, on the, um, in the culture, is also in, um, reflected in our own evolution as individuals. And it's from infancy to adult maturity. It mirror, the, a mirroring reflecting our collective psyche in the outer world. It's who we are as a culture where we find ourselves individually within that culture. And so we're not necessarily stuck in any one paradigm. And it's called a meme. So memes are to culture as genes are to an organism. So meme simply means the culture, the, the perspective, the, that, that perspective in that particular meme. And so what they did is they categorized it in colors. So I'm going to just, and I know I'm reviewing if you're here two weeks ago, but it's good to hear it again and touch on it because I want to expand that. And I want to go from tier one to tier two because the, the, the mission that we're on with our community here is to give birth to two, tier two. And the challenge is it's never been done before. There's no culture in the world right now that's living at tier two. But there's hope. It's exciting. And I think that, that what's emerging from the people that are doing this work and doing the research and the study lines up so beautifully for what we stand for as a, as a, as a community. So meme is the culture, gene is the organism. So meme is that, that cultural outlook. And I'll, I'll get into that. So we talked last week about the, uh, the various developments. I have 25 pages of notes here on my research. So the re but I won't share 25 pages. I'll skip over. So to recap, the beige at the bottom, you can't see beige. Beige was about 25, 250,000 years ago. It's meme, cultural outlook is identified with survival. In other words, when you're in that, you say, I survive. And everybody's trying to find enough food and water and shelter and, and, and live. Then we move to purple. Purple happened 50,000 years ago. It's tribal. So found out that we're better off together. I so that what a person in purple says is, I belong. Then we move to red, which emerged about 10,000 years ago, which is the warrior. Which means, and the, the warrior says, I matter. So once again, and it goes to individual. So we start out in beige, which is individual, I survive. We move to the collective, which is the purple, which is I belong to the tribe. And then it shifts back to the individual again, I matter. And blue showed up 5,000 years ago. Blue is the rule of law. It's the tradition, I do the right thing, is what Blue says. Fascinating thing when Blue came along that I want to go back to. This was in the 8th and 3rd century B.C., before the Common Era. So before Jesus was born, there was a cultural transition from red to blue. Many spiritual teachers and masters rose up, rose up in this period of time. So isn't it interesting that this, this order came into being? 
which gave an opportunity for something new to, be, to emerge. And so at that time, Buddha showed up, Plato, Socrates, Elijah, Jeremiah, Lao Tzu. This time period was a period of great social change. It was known as the Axel period. By Axel, we're referring to an Axel, a turning that happens from the period. The eighth, eightfold path of right thinking emerged, moral teaching from the prophets on the right way to live, institutionalizing of religious beliefs, loyalty and obedience are rewarded. So if I live a good life, I make it to heaven. That's where a lot of that came from. So I share these with you because it's important to understand that we need all of them. We need every one of them. All of them are necessary in our journey. And what it helps create for myself is a perspective of where I am at any one point in time. Because we can be blue in our politics, and we can be orange in our commerce, in our business, and we can be green in our spiritual communities. So orange showed up 300 years ago. And it's the modern, uh, it's, um, it's modern science, it's logic. So it's replaced by what's right by what works. It replaces the blue what's right by what works. So you see that on the planet. Last week, Cindy Shaw was here. Cindy did a great job. She gave a very orange talk. It's not right or wrong. Some people need the orange talk about getting stuff. I've been told that you know, we are a movement of prosperity. It's about getting stuff. And I think that that's been very true for a long time. Um, it's still alive. People show up and think, gee, what? I came in the doors thinking, geez, I can get everything I want. This teaching, I just have to, I just hand God my order through a firm to prayer. And there's a guy that actually will do the praying for me. I don't even have to do the prayers. It's called a practitioner. I got to get me one of them practitioners. Here, say that prayer. Make some magic happen in my life. Well, that was the mindset I came with. And uh, it doesn't work that way. But it's fun to think about it, isn't it? That's called magical thinking, which comes from purple. So sometimes you can go into magical thinking. So we can be all over the color scheme here. And then, we, of course, we go into orange 300 years ago. Logic, I strive. Uh, it's profit for profit stake, more and more and more. Gross national product. We got to, you know, um, uh, everything's got to keep growing. That's, that's the sign of success of orange. And then you move to green. 150 years ago, postmodern feeling. Feelings, inclusivity, connection, love, family, I care. Our movement is green for the most part. We're green. Love at all costs. Nobody gets their feathers ruffled. The challenge with green is that when people are in green, they believe that it's the best. And we don't like the orange so much. So people in green look at the orange and say, you, you greedy bastards, you're ruining the earth. And the people in orange go, oh, you bunch of fairy nuts, praying, loving hippies. Where's Jennifer Murphy back there? She says, we're the hippie church. Says, Stop saying that. Let's get some more orange in here. Because I got to tell you what, without the orange, green isn't around. See, we need them both. And we all have these capacities to live within us. They're not right or wrong, good or bad. It's just understanding where we need to pull up some energy in this. You know, I can be blue with my, you know, you can be blue with our country and love it and celebrate it. But there's healthy, see, there's healthy ways to be in these, these uh, memes, these outlooks, and there's unhealthy ways. So the beauty of it is let's, let's be healthy together. And that's, and, and that's just an, an exciting thing. So those are the first tier. First tier is all about action. It's all about activity. And we all wear, every one of these world, 
worldview glasses. So there's the worldview glasses. Oh, there they are right there. There's the colors. Beautiful. We're already up there. The second tier, let me get you the second tier now. Here we go. The second tier, I've got a slide for that, is yellow, turquoise, and coral. And so what's emerging, I'm going to give you a little bit of background to help, uh, help create some excitement about it, what's, what's coming. So yellow is nonlinear. It's flexible. It's, we're able, pers- a person that lives in yellow, yellow is able to move with the flow of life. There's a wider, more diverse perspective. People centered in yellow can work in more complex, intricate systems. Yellow has a more holistic view of reality, and we can look back and view all the various previous worldviews. And so when you're in yellow, you look back at the worldviews, and you look back with respect and love and honoring, because that's where people were at the time. And there are times when we go back there. So if we're going to go to blue, let's go to blue with as, with as much awareness and clarity as we possibly can. Or we're going to go to red. Let's go there awake and aware. So we go back and forth in these. But all of us have, have a, a touchstone, a place where we operate from more often than not. Each one of these memes, each one is necessary and precious. It's a systemic approach to problem solving. It involves with the, with the from the yellow perspective, we realize that each one is necessary and, and uh, precious. A systemic approach to problem solving. Yellow has an, is engaged in integral theory. We see that each meme has its developmentally has been developmentally nested and unfolding in an evolutionary dance. Dr. Holmes wrote about this in the textbook. Dr. Holmes wrote that everything that is unfolding here, everything on this planet that is unfolding, is for the continued expansion of consciousness. But when we're, when we're in it, when we're pointing fingers and blaming, when we look at the current political conditions, could it very well be that, 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 that the infinite sentence, this beautiful touchstone of discord and chaos so that things that don't work anymore could break down so we can recreate in a new way? How else would this happen? You know, to, to tear things apart. So we get to figure out, well, that was kind of precious to me. And how do we, so we're going to get there, folks. All will be well. We've had periods of, of chaos and discord before. But what's important is what's alive in each one of us. And what's happening with yellow, so this new second-tier way of being, flexibility, we move with the flow of life, a wider, more diverse perspective. We can work in complex, intricate systems. It is a holistic view of reality. We can look back, we can view all the previous worldviews, love them and honor them for what they were. Necessary to get us to this point. And this, there are signs now that this is beginning to show up. Yellow is beginning to show up. They estimate that 5% of the population right now is in yellow. To reach a tipping point, we need 10%. See, that just gets me all excited. We're, we're within 5%. I think that's exciting. But see, the, the, but the, the problem with it is we want the map and we want to understand it and we want to know, like my two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter, she wants to know the end of the story. Because that's why we read the same story over and over again. She knows how it ends. It's comforting to her. Moving into tier two, we don't know the end of the story. We're creating it. Each one of us is involved with that. And I'm going to share some things around uh, the history of this. Uh, the, The color turquoise showed up, according to research and study, about 30 years ago. 
Once again, it's a holistic worldview committed to awakening, a consciousness shift, a universal awareness, a deep experiential knowing of oneness. A deep experiential knowing of oneness. I got to tell you, boy, I was getting ready for this one, and I thought, I don't think there's any, there's no more words. I'm running out of things to say. So when you come next week, if I'm just standing up here looking at you, you'll know what happened. (laughs) But I think this is so exciting to understand and to be able to give us perspective of what's happening. Because what's happening is necessary for these new paradigms, these new worldviews to to be given birth. The chaos, the discord. So in turquoise, it's about the experiential knowing of oneness. Life is joyous, expansive, playful, mystical. People in turquoise consciousness seem to radiate a presence that mystifies people who aren't centered there yet. And they model centeredness, connectedness, and a quality of inner peace. And you don't have to be a hippie to just experience that. You can be a regular person, too. Yet they're also capable of great passion. It is about transpersonal awareness. Some of our modern-day mystics have this consciousness. Can you, can you think of anybody a modern-day mystic has this consciousness? They're out there. Eckhart Tolle is one. Byron Katie. You ever read Bar- Byron Katie stuff? See, and these people all had major breakdowns in their lives. William James, one of the first people to study this, this perspective of religion, said that most people reach this breakthrough, and he was writing 200, 300 years ago. I'll have to check. I'm bringing it back next week. But he wrote a long time ago. Most people reach the, their breaking point before it opens up, before they have this awareness. That's what happened to Eckhart Tolle. He writes about the experience sitting on a bench in Germany and shaking and having a, a, what we would call a, a, a nervous breakdown. But it opened the door. So how about if we can get there without having to have nervous breakdowns? You, either that or we get a power of eight group for nervous breakdowns and we'll set aside a room for you. It's, see, it's going to happen. And we can be part of it. We can cooperate with it without having to, to, to die. So, there's not much known at this point beyond turquoise. It's a super integral worldview. It comes from having the experience of oneness that opens your eyes to reality with a capital R. But we don't want to oversimplify here. Spiral dynamics is about, not about levels of people. It's about levels of consciousness that are available to all people to function from. So all of us having this awareness can understand where we're functioning from. It's not about pigeonholing people because that's what we tend to do. We see somebody that's stuck in red. Stuck in red. Stuck in orange. Well, when you're in yellow, you go, oh, they're they're operating out of yellow. How about that? I'm going to go do something I enjoy right now. Instead of all this energy that goes into having to be the hallway monitor for everybody on the planet. So we're aware of it, but we discern rather than judge and give it our energy. What we want to do is apply it to ourselves. This is no good unless we apply it to ourselves. It's just more information floating around up there if we don't apply it to ourselves. How can I apply this to myself? And maybe this is a a model that doesn't apply to you, so don't don't give it any energy. I'll be done here shortly. I'm serious. 
We want to apply it to ourselves, and we want to have compassion for others and where they're on the spiral. That's hard sometimes, isn't it? When we, we hear things that people in the public eye say, but it's just ignorance. They're operating from a mean. It's ignorance. And, and we don't have to agree with it. We don't have to go along with it. But for me, it's inspiration to say, how can I be part of what wants to be given birth? There's something that wants to happen here. And throughout history, we look back, we see it. Something wants to happen here. Because this infinite is always pushing forward and always seeking greater and greater expressions. One of the things I love about Dr. Holmes, there's a power for good available to each and every one of us, and we can use it. And guess what? It can use us as well. It works both ways. Every meme has its shadow, its healthy and unhealthy aspects. And so in order for, I believe as a culture, that unless we're going to, if we're going to make this journey and do it well, we have to integrate our shadow. We have to live in wholeness. So it doesn't require wholesale psychological examination for 30, 40 years. It just means we have to have tools in our toolbox to integrate shadow. Our healthy and unhealthy aspects. The goal is to be healthy wherever we find ourselves on the spiral. You can be whatever you want. Just be healthy there. God bless the blue and the beige and the purple. You know, I don't want young black men that never had a dad forming gangs because they don't feel connected. How do we deal with that? How do we address that from wisdom? Because we just seem to want to lock them up. I mean, where's the leadership? Where's the leadership? It's, it, you know, all these problems that goes back, but no one wants it, no, everyone who wants it fixed today. And, and our attention spans now, or I don't know, they measure it now, what, three seconds? So I'm hoping every, every once in a while you're back with me here. But <laughs> we are so inundated with information that how do we retain any of this? Because everything is so fast. And I want it done now. I took that cue process yesterday from Carol. I'm still getting triggered. What the hell? That stuff doesn't work. It's just shifting the culture within ourselves, being healthy wherever we are in the spiral. We all operate from different worldviews at different times. But to understand that and have that is, is, is beautiful. Each person of these worldviews has played an important part. Each one of these worldviews has played an important part in the evolution of consciousness. Every one of these shifts was revolutionary and leading edge in its time. And we've contributed to, they've, they've contributed to humanity's past, cultural past. With each movement and shift in the spiral, we get a larger view. As our attitude changes, the picture becomes more and more complete. We go from bands of people coming together to clans, to feudalism, to nation states, to globalism. And all the, the conspiracy theorists get nervous about globalism. It just means we're connected. We're just connected from egocentric it's all about me to ethnocentric. It's all about me and my tribe to world-centric. It's all about humanity to cosmic-centric, oneness of creation and inner being. We are an ever-evolving, and we get to, to venture into what's next. That's, our, that's the opportunity. We're called new thought for a reason. Let's welcome a new opportunity, a new thought. Let's be part of that and give birth because if we trust the universe and we, we trust this infinite and loving intelligence, then what's to worry about? Let things fall apart that need to fall apart. So things can come back together in a new way. We're, we can help bring into reality a, and, be, and be, you and I, conscious agents of evolution. Conscious agents of evolution. 
Are you ready to take responsibility for bringing this new way of being into existence? I heard somebody say yes. I got one person. Awesome. I know you are. With every shift of the spiral, you know something has happened. As humanity worldview evolves from egocentric to cosmic centric, so does the image of God. So does the image of God. So when we look at the different traditions and why people hang on to things and cling, it's because they're in tier one understanding. So if you have a purple God, what do you do when you have a purple God? There's a volcano that erupts, big one in Hawaii. If you've got a purple God, you find somebody to throw in the volcano to appease God. God needs a sacrifice. The red warrior God in the Hebrew, Hebrew scripture smite the Philistines and drowned everyone, including every animal on the earth, for misbehaving. That's a pot. They're still looking for Noah's Ark. Think it might be a metaphor? No, it really happened. Okay, when you find the Ark, let us know. The point is, it's, it's, this is the perspective of the red. The blue God. Obey these commandments and we'll get you into heaven. I was raised with a blue God. It was a beautiful God for my mom. Beautiful. It wasn't my God, it was her God. But if I didn't have the blue God to, to have a foundation from, I wouldn't be here. I would be discovering the blue God right now. And confessing my sins so I could get into heaven. The orange God, the prove me God, the prosperity God, the green God, all you need is love. The Beatles wrote a song about that, right? All you need is love. Da, 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 da. All you need is love. The problem with green is we're so busy processing our feelings, we can't get nothing done. <laughs> I got my feelings hurt. Oh my God. Stop the presses. Joe got his feelings hurt. Okay, let's get together after church and make sure Joe's feelings are feeling better. We can get our feelings hurt, but when we understand the perspective for one another as well, then it's not our job to run over and go, I'm worried you got your feelings hurt. Let somebody have their feelings hurt for a while. Trust them to process it and move through it, and if they need help, they'll ask for it. I, I love it in workshops when somebody starts to really crack open and then somebody in the room needs to run over and, and hug him and hold. It's just like, please don't do that right now. Let him have the full experience of cracking open in this sacred container. You don't have to fix it. Make it better. Let them drain that energy and have their own awareness. But our tendency is, oh my God, we should never feel bad. <sighs> it's okay to feel bad once in a while, honest to God. So the yellow God, the interconnectedness of life, the quantum science and spirituality. So my question to you is, what color is your God? Whatever color it is, it's okay. But what color is your God? Because I can be green. I'm all green with my grandkids. I'm going to start charging them for hugs and teach them a little bit of orange, though, as we go along. So that <laughs> I don't know where they're going to get the money, so they're not going to be getting a whole lot of hugs. But that's a good lesson they need to learn, right? I'm kidding on you guys. Are you headed for a spiritual paradigm shift? Because overlaying this cultural change, there's something else we want to consider. There's an evolution going on in the field of spirituality. Over the centuries, wisdom traditions go through major changes, and these changes tend to mirror what's going on in the culture at the time. For instance, in Christianity, at the first 500-year mark, things shifted to a monastic tradition of education that modeled the feudal system of the time. 500 years later, the Eastern Orthodox and Catholic churches split, and the Pope rose up to model the monarchy that was popular at the time. Isn't it interesting how religion follows what's going on in the culture? They're connected. 
They're not separate. 500, um, 500 years from then, the Great Reformation happened when the Catholics and the Protestants split and a more democratic style of leadership came into being. This is the evolution of consciousness. These are the memes we're talking about here. In Judaism, we find the same patterns in 500-year increments. Buddhism has had several shifts over the century called the Three Great Turnings. Islam has the major markers throughout history, the rise of Sufism, that's Rumi, Sufis, the mystics, the mystic branch of Islam, the lovers of God, the Ottoman Empire, the birth of Baha'u'llah, the Baha'is, Martin Kerr, met his wife through the Baha'i tradition. That's why it's such a good fit for us, because Baha'u'llah came along at a time when the consciousness was ready for him. And here's the most intriguing thing of all. Probably didn't know this. Right now, we are poised. Right now, we are poised for another 500-year shift. Right now. We are part of it. We're talking cultural change and spiritual transformation. It is, it is, Dr. Holmes, um, Gene Houston in our textbook wrote, now is the time and we are the ones. According to the research, the trigger for growing into a new paradigm is the form of a major life challenge that cannot be resolved from the current world view. So the next slide is, we are the ones. And the slide after that talks about cataclysmic evolutionary catalyst, which is what we're in right now. Cataclysmic evolutionary catechism. Remember that slide from two weeks ago, if you were here? Yeah. With seeming ever-increasing divisiveness in our political, social, and economic scenes, we're being called to find peace within ourselves and share it with the world. You want to be part of yellow? Find peace within yourself and share it wherever you go. Identify who you've come here to be. Stop being miserable, because you didn't come here to be miserable. Stop being broke. You didn't come here to be broke. Stop being here. Stop hiding your light under a bushel, as Scripture says. We didn't come here for that. You get to decide what you come here to be, and you discover that for yourself. That's what I love about the Q process. We get to find it. See, it takes repetition and repetition and repetition. I got all fired up yesterday, and it took me like two hours to figure out what was firing me up. I said, man, I didn't come here to be this, but I used to live like that. I could stay aggravated and agitated for months. It was, it, and it's so lovingly familiar. But I have to give it up. I'm telling you what happens with this stuff. You've got to give up part of yourself, the part of yourself that needs to be right all the time and in charge all the time. Master of time, space, and dimension. You are. You are. But not the way you're doing it. Not the way I used to do it. So what is the paradigm of new thought spirituality that is ready to emerge? Perhaps we're here to midwife the emerging evolutionary process while hospicing the dying paradigm. What if the spiritual journey is truly as Ken Wilber says, and Ken Wilber's been very, very connected to the spiral dynamics research. What if it's about growing up, finally growing up spiritually and culturally? which means stop being a victim. Stop letting yourself be victimized by anybody or anything. And you find yourself being victimized, say, no, I don't do that anymore. I gotta give that part of myself up. I'm not doing that. I'm here to be grounded and, and true to who and what I am. See, I have a note in one of my early science of my tech, probably the first book I bought when I walked in the doors of these places, um, I don't know, 1986, 
And it brought out, always tell the truth. Because when you tell the truth, your word has more power. When you tell the truth, your world. So when you practice telling the truth, then you trust yourself. See, there's no, there are all the relationships. Oh, I'm looking for the right and perfect mate, the right and perfect partner, the RPM. We use the abbreviation. And, and that's all well and good. It's good stuff. But I'm just telling you, the only relationship to have is the relationship with the infinite. Because every other relationship at the human level will disappoint you at some point in time. It just will. And to have the capacity to realize that and understand it and the patience and the understanding of, well, this person's having their experience. You know, I drove my first wife crazy trying to fix her life for her. She didn't need me to fix anything. She just needed me to listen. I didn't understand that. that was, I say that was my practice marriage. I needed that. I'm grateful for it. And she's happily in a new relationship, and I'm happily in a new relationship. But we don't know these things. We don't know what we don't know. But trust one another. Trust ourselves. Up until this point, the developmental model of growing up has not concerned itself with awakening. See, growing up, the psychological, the, the closest model we have is, is um, Maslow, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And that's really about self-actualization. That's really about being who you've come here to be. But they've never married themselves. And what part of this new, this, this new pathway, these two streams have to come together. The developmental and the spiritual have to come together. And that's what we're doing with this mission-centric. The developmental and the spiritual have to come together. Because the developmental is about actualizing potential. The developmental model of growing up has not concerned itself with awakening. And on the other hand, the wisdom traditions have taught methods of meditation, mindfulness, contemplation that lead to an experience of awakening, but have not considered how developmental might play into that. Say someone has a near-death experience. Let's use the spiral dynamics model. You have a near-death experience. So if you're centered in purple, that per person might come back with story center in magic and begin using crystals and studying shamanism because that's that energy. Someone in red might decide he or she is the Messiah and start their own following. Hey, there's an idea, huh? So I've had a guy years ago come to me and say, you know, I never read the Bible, but I, wrote, I, I had this download and I read the entire, uh, uh, I, I wrote with no reference the entire Gospel of John. And I said, that must be really disappointing to read, write this brilliant thing and find out somebody beat you to it. I mean, I didn't know what else to say. I like, why don't you write a new gospel? I didn't mean to make light of it. I was very kind with it. But I know, how do you feel about that? Finding out that John beat you 2,000 years ago with that. Someone in blue, so now I know he was in red. Someone in, in blue might say, I saw Jesus. Somebody in orange might say, I had a pineal gland activation and hallucinated my grandfather. <laughs> a person in green might talk about the love and the experience of oneness they experienced. We've heard people make the go through that, that veil list and say, oh my God, everything's love. That's not uncommon. But you see how we can connect these things in a way to understand it from wisdom? The more information we have, I think we're better able to navigate the triggers that we ex experience in life and the things that are going on. We're living in incredibly chaotic times, incredibly, like never before. Information coming at us faster than ever before and things changing and shifting. 
We all are, and so all these examples of people having their near-death experience are, are, are an example of awakening and interpreting according to their own perspective. That's all it is. Our opportunity is to bring these two streams together. The developmental, which is growing up, and the spiritual, which is waking up, and the new t- paradigm is requiring us to bring these two and then cleaning up. Dr. Holmes said this, reality to the condition that needs to be changed, there's not a process of adjusting reality to the conditions that need to be changed, but of adjusting the condition that needs to be changed to a reality that already exists. In other words, we don't have to fix anything. We have to evolve into something. My teacher said over and over to me, it's still alive today, I had an amazing teacher, become the consciousness of. So if you decide that this yellow is intriguing for you and affirming I am the consciousness of this new paradigm, this worldview of yellow, and affirm it, the information, the challenges, and whatever may be your opportunity will show up so that you may evolve into that, to reveal it, because it's already alive in us. That's a beautiful thing. We don't have to add anything. It's alive in us. But what keeps us from expressing and living that way? It's exciting. It's exciting times. I'm just loving this stuff. My God, because I love our teaching. I see Dr. Holmes all over it. Our transformation, transition team tools, the integration of the cue, integration of shadow. If you have a different shadow integration tool, go for it. This is just one. We don't have everybody's answer here. We don't have everybody's formula, but you need some form of integration with shadow to live in wholeness. Spirit groups. There's an amazing article. Lil and I have been meeting, and we had a great meeting, and she gave me this article. I'll share with you next week by Lynn McTaggart. And what Lynn says in it, he talks about, she says, I'm having major doubt about the benefits of self-help after observing the effects of people in power of eight groups who don't intend for themselves but intend for someone else in the group. And she talked, there's health studies now done with people that are always after their own stuff. I got to get this, I got to get that, I got to get this. And you know what? They look the same as the people that are out there being of service, but they're, they're, the measurements of their health are completely different. They have, those that are simply self-centered all the time, got to get, got to get, got to get my needs met, they have higher levels of inflammation, they have higher levels of challenges physically. It's all in this article. I'm going to flesh it out with you next week. I, I don't want to go there today, but it's remarkable. That's why we're doing the spirit groups, to get out of this, get my stuff, this prosperity teaching. I'm going to go take one more prosperity class, and then I'll be a multimillionaire, and then I'll do what I'm supposed to be doing. Listen, if you're waiting for the million dollars to show up so you can be happy, you're never going to be happy. Be happy today with what you got. Hold life, as Dr. Gary Simmons says, is more than enough. I got more than enough today. I used to joke, tell people all the time, I got enough money to live the rest of my life, provided I'm dead by Wednesday at 12 o'clock. <laughs> and then I realized, you know, my word has power. I'm going to stop saying that. Because 12 o'clock Wednesday, I'm looking around. I'm not crossing the street. I'm not getting in a car with anybody. I'm locking myself in a room for 15 minutes. I said, nope, stopping that. So next week, where do we go from here? Next week, we're going to talk about the cleanup. This is exciting stuff. This is exciting stuff. This is, and we're part of this leading edge of consciousness. Will it happen in our lifetimes? I don't know. But it sure gives me a direction to point. I like having a destination. Something that is a challenge. What is the, that's what we do in the, in the spirit groups. What's your next level of challenge? It's one of the five C's. Challenge, communion, connection with, connecting with spirit. Dr. Holmes wouldn't argue with that. Community, how can we serve out there? A transformative experience of that. 
Eventually, the vision I have is everybody in this community is involved with spirit groups at least once a year. Everybody in this, in this community has got their cue process down, so we have a common language. So when you're here in the green and you get your feelings hurt, you can go home and do a sheet. And then you can see, I can go up to, I can go up to Marie and say, Marie, you know, you triggered me last week. I want to thank you so much because I thought you were the problem. But isn't that lovely to be able to do that? rather than get pissed off at somebody and stay pissed? Because that's what the world has. We, that, that, that goddamn Donald Trump, boy, he's pissing me off today. <laughs> that's a call for compassion. Why would I, this infinite loving intelligence within me, want to walk around being pissed off and pointing a finger at that guy? That's a call for prayer. That guy doesn't, he hasn't got a clue. What a blessing to come along and wake us all up. Because if we want that, it's right there for us. Not my tribe. It's not where I'm going. So he's an inspiration to me. And I bless him. And I want the best for him. And I want the best for you. I want the best for the world. And I want to see how this turns out. And so it is. See you next week. Thank you so much. Love you. I'm going to go real green on you now. I love you. Then I mean it. <laughs>